Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to Pod Talk, short conversations with podcast creators that are not just about podcasting because I like to take the scenic route. My guest today is Stacy Bowden. Welcome, Stacy. How are you this afternoon? You're behind three hours, but it's still afternoon. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invitation, Craig. Well, thank you for not running away after our pre-call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of self-deferential humor. I We talked, obviously, before we pressed record, and let's start by talking about, as I always love to look for transitions and you know how does podcasting change you, but I'm, I'm really interested in, you wrote a book, um, I, I'm going to guess off the top of my head, I think it was like nine years ago, you wrote a book. And then that book sort of, I'm going to say, came alive again in the new work that you're doing. So tell me just like, what's the title of the book so people can know what we're talking about. And then tell me about what you're doing and how that book has become or, or like reborn in this new energy. That's a question. Sure. Yeah, no. So <laughs> so I, I'm grateful that I was published. Um, my book, Turning Dead Ends into Doorways, was published um, about 11 years ago. And uh, honestly, even getting a book deal could be a whole, you know, could be a whole story oh, into itself oh because God. I didn't have a platform. I didn't have anything. I just had a relationship with someone um, who ended up encouraging me and supporting me in developing a book proposal and then supported the book in getting published. I don't know that mm. I would have even written a book, but um, I had a passion. It really, the book is a love letter to the people that I was serving, mostly women of different kinds of backgrounds who had shown up at my doorstep. And um, I was in service to them through through individual sessions and through groups and through something called following energy. And so they showed up at my doorstep. I started holding space for them as an energy healer and a guide and wanted to get behind them in developing healing in their own way. And when I started talking about this thing called following energy, they said to me, what the hell is that? And because <laughs> I had studied earth-based ways. I'm from San Francisco. Um, I have spent most of my life there. And I had found my way into these really you know, crunchy, earth-based ways of healing in life and um, that involved energy healing, that involved things like breath work, that involved all of these kinds of um, embodied practices. And so when I put my shingle out to start serving regular folk in San Francisco Bay Area and they came forward and I started talking about this stuff, they were, thank God, honest and like, what the hell are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> Maybe I should unpack some of this, right? Yeah. And so therefore, because of my, frankly, love for them, for love for, for what they needed in their lives that they weren't getting through traditional therapy, we went on a journey together. And it was through hmm. them that I began to explore what does it mean to follow energy inside of oneself and daily life. And then I arrived um, at the invitation to create a book. Um, and a book proposal where I had to like sit down at my kitchen table literally and be like, how the hell do I teach people to follow energy in a book form? Mm. And then these eight teachers landed. And um, and then from there, I wrote the book. And so that that was the journey of writing writing the book, which is also, you know, the journey of learning how to turn a dead end into a doorway mm. is also a journey of transition. Moving through so change a, in life. 
decade ago. And yeah. I haven't written a book. I, I don't think I should, but I guess at some point, if it's meant to be to be, somebody will pull it out of me or hit me with a stick until I write it. But I understand that when you, you know, when you when you ship the book, it's kind of like, well, it's out of my hands. I mean, like I may use it, but it's not something that you can control anybody else's opinion of. You can't, I mean, unless you do another edition, you can't edit it. You can't be like, whoops, I forgot this piece, like this huge thing. Like you, it's there it is. It's a thing. Um, and I'm guessing so you you ship it and then you must have gotten comfortable with that because that's the only option you have is to get comfortable with it. And and then at some point the did which came first like did you have the idea for the program or did you find yourself going back to the book or did people have more questions like how did the book come back to life i don't want to put words in your mouth but i feel mm. like that's the story okay so it never really died what i would say is that material you know i used it at the time we're talking 12 years ago when i wrote it I used language that really didn't exist back then. It, I used word like embody was all over my book. I mm. used word navigate. How do you navigate the unknown in daily life through learning how to follow energy? And at the time, people in the mainstream even didn't understand any of that language at all. And the book was published and didn't do great. I didn't have a great marketing platform. I didn't know much about Seth Godin's work by then. You know, I just was following the energy of my life and the invitation to share something that had supported um, people around me and that I very much believed in and still believe in. And so I began to teach that book um, because I it grew out of the work that I was doing in my daily life. The book mm -hmm. was a written form of it. And I continued to teach it in a lot of different ways. And it, it stayed with me, you know, but I also do a lot of other things. So it wasn't foreground in my life. It was just periodically I would do a three-month thing. You know, periodically I would do a 10-month thing. Periodically I would just do something that was about going on this journey of learning how to follow energy through this structured process of the eight teachers that show up through that book. And so I was literally doing that in different ways while doing other things. And then what happened was in 2019, when I wasn't quite being so active with the book, hmm. I um, this is kind of going to be also a love story for Akimbo and a love story for <laughs> Seth Godin's work. It's a um, common I, theme on my show. <laughs> it happens. It's a love. I found my way to the marketing seminar as a student. And there, um, you know, grew relationship with the amazing material there, with the amazing people there. And it was through that process that um, that really by the end of it, the, a podcast was born called Turning Dead, Dead Ends into Doorways, which I named the same as my book because it wasn't active at the time. Mm. And then I started the podcast, you know, called Turning Dead Ends into Doorways. And then Frankly, when the pandemic hit and you know in 2020, turning dead ends into doorways became a really <laughs> timely apropos, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. The material really started to grow into itself on a whole other level. And and so therefore I began to teach it even more actively. And I'm staying with it now mm. more actively because I love it. I think the greatest part about doing this is oh, I only have one question with 37 parts. Uh, first of all, 
the name of the book for people going, wait, what is turning dead ends into doorways? And Stacy, I don't want to get it wrong. Give me your website so people can go and learn everything about you and get the book and all this stuff. What's your domain um, name? It's dancing-tree.com. So www.dancing-tree.com. I have it written down, but I'm just like nervous about <laughs> screwing up people's domain names because then I have to edit. I don't like to edit. All right. So that's, first of all, I recommend people go look at it um, from Stacy's website. You can find the podcast and the podcast has recently changed its name. And you've said, we've touched on relationships like four times already and we need to talk about that. But you changed your podcast because this is nominally a show about podcasting. You changed your podcast name <laughs> because you're kind of changing what you're doing with your show. So you, uh, Craig Jenner, what month is it? It's October. You basically changed in early August, uh, September, which is like three months ago. You're probably thinking about it three months ago. Um, what was going on? <clears throat> what were you? What were you feeling? Or maybe what was pulling you like what in what directions did you feel pulled what were you feeling that made you think oh there's something about my podcast show that's like either in the way or it's the wrong shape because i think people who podcast that's not uncommon for you to feel like once a year like this doesn't feel right so what were you feeling was not right about your show if i'm correct she's nodding or what like because that leads you to the transition to the next part is like well what what should it be what what if it's not this then what so thank you for these great questions. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> if only I could ask just one, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. Um, again, so the name of my, you know, of my book is Turning Dead Ends into Doorways, but it's an archetype. Okay. So what does it mean to feel like you are hitting a, you know, you're, you're in a dead end, you're hitting your head against a wall. And how do you transform that dead end into a doorway? Mm. Okay. And that is definitely part of the process that I support people through, you know, moving through that dead end into a doorway in their life. Okay. And I, and I offer energy healing services and somatic wisdom and a lot of different kinds of embodied practices to support individuals and couples and groups in doing that. And inside of all of that is following energy. The practice is following energy and it always has been. And so it's not so much that my podcast has changed, but it has evolved into the truest expression of what it is, which is teaching people or holding space for people to learn how to follow energy. And to me, like turning dead ends into doorways was kind of focusing almost on the death part of it, really, like the dead end, you know? Mm. And we've had a lot of death the last few years. And following energy, getting behind something that is bigger than our minds and our egos, to me, is more of a process of birth. And I wanted to hold my focus more on birth right now, because I think we can, I think that's more supportive, given sure. where we are. We're, we're still in the same, in my opinion, we're still navigating collectively the time of dead ends into doorways. We're in that in many ways in our culture in my opinion. And personally, I'm also a birth doula. I want to support the forward movement of what are all the different ways we can begin to practice embodying um, a new paradigm, a new way of being within ourselves and relationship with each other and relationship to work and life and leadership. 
And so I wanted to focus on that. And I also wanted to have more room to follow the energy in my podcast by not only inviting individuals on to share their stories of following energy, but I'm actually calling in now other practitioners Mm, in potentially unrelated fields to have interesting conversations about what is this thing called following energy and see if we can find some new language together. Hmm. Part of part of what I'm doing in podcasting is often therapy for Craig. Um, I'm super analytical, like very detail oriented. I think before we press record, I was talking about, you know, don't get distracted by the finger when someone's trying to point at the moon. Uh, I'm very much like I have a process, like which finger are we using and in which way is your hand oriented? Um, so I really enjoy in these conversations that I have with people, I really enjoy the experiential part, like the, I don't know where we're going. <clears throat> and actually we're not going anywhere. Like at the end, we won't have gone anywhere. Like it's just like, it's just the experience. So when I was listening to, uh, I was going to say trailer, but podcast technology. We don't have trailers for seasons. We haven't done that yet. The first episode of season three is effectively a trailer for the variation of the show. And it begins with you. um, I don't know if I should spoil it. It begins with you leading people into experience it. Like, like, don't drive off the road, but if you can, close your eyes, let's breathe together. (laughs) Um, And I, I love, first of all, I love that to me, that feels like breaking the fourth wall when you say now close your, don't drive off the road because we know people are listening in cars. Um, But it, when you, that experience that you gave of leading people into leading me into creating some more space and slowing down and breathing, that is something that I think really helps And it's because we had a conversation about coughing that I have to cough so much. I think that creating that space for people in podcasts, it's very easy for people to just walk away. But I think it's really helpful to say, all right, this is going to be a show about like movement and we're going to not really talk about much for the first few minutes. And this is going to be a show about discussing politics, but maybe we could just like sit together and just kind of like point out things that we see, you know, like that isn't, I think that isn't done enough in general in life. And I think that leads to disconnection, but that's maybe another discussion. So I just want to say, I really liked where you're going, where I feel like you're going with the new season. Um, And if you're thinking, Ah, I kind of want more nuts and boltsy stuff, Craig. You know, if you're thinking, Craig, I want more nuts and boltsy stuff from Stacy. I think it's, um, I uh, was a real eye opener for me when I started to realize that well, I actually think it's enjoyable. And if I don't have the time to sit and have an experience with a podcast host, maybe I should look at the part where I think I don't have the time rather than picking different podcasts. <laughs> so I, mm. I, I really thought it was a valuable or an, an engaging mix of, you holding space. And of course it's, it's always like layers. Like I've talked to you, so I kind of know who you are. So it was like, Oh, this is what I would expect Stacy to do. But maybe if you've never, someone's never heard you before, that might be a very unusual thing to suddenly be asked to sit with or sit in space with somebody else, you know, and maybe I should listen to podcasts sometimes when I'm not driving, when I'm just sitting or standing or walking or whatever. Um, mm. All right. Uh, I'm off on a ramble. Anything? You <laughs> well, yeah, no, I want to say thank you for noticing that, that, uh, that for me, that, that, that starting off, it's actually a very quick settling that I do. And I, I have always done that not only in podcasting, but you know, when I sit with people, when I sit with groups, the training that I have 
is to always start with what we call a grounding and some mm. people call a settling of oneself. So therefore, it would make sense for me to be myself and holding space for potential listeners for us to just take a moment and just breathe through our nose and into a friendly place in our bodies. And I want to do it. And it's very, from my perspective, in all honesty, it's very light. It's a very light thing because I'm not with them, because I'm aware people do um, listen to podcasts in motion, as do I. And I want to be responsible. I want to, you know, I recognize the body can hold a lot. And so I want to be responsible that way. But I also want us to be like, hey, this is about grounding into oneself. And for me, this is a following energy is a body based practice. So therefore, I want to bring that in right away. Hmm. And that's why I, that's why I do. That's why I started off with just a really like, it's just like a couple minutes. It's not super in depth, but it's a way for us to kind of find a place inside of ourselves to start to really listen to, um, you know, not just not just the conversation, but what's going on inside of ourselves, which is what I hope some of these, you know, podcasts episodes will do is inspire people to check in with themselves and learn and grow yes please more of that i think that opportunities to i'm gonna say reset but that's kind of like the active it's whatever the inverse of actively resetting would be the relaxing into you know what i you know what you're talking about but i'm just to make sure everybody else is following along the idea of like relaxing into that reset um, and in my head, like the metaphor is like key changes through the day, the key goes up and then everything gets a little more hectic and the thing. And mm -hmm. if I'm not paying attention, then all of a sudden we're up here and then it's like three in the afternoon mm -hmm. and I'm going over. So like, so having those opportunities to like relax to me kind of reminds me of like key changes. Like, could we go back to the default? Where's my resting heart rate? Where are we here? So I, well, people talk a lot these days about, you know, settling <clears throat> one's regular, you know, settling one's, uh, you know, system, right? That we're all dysregulated in this world. No. <laughs> That's the way the therapists talk about it. I'm not a psychotherapist, but I've been in this, you know, healing realm for, for, for over 20 oh, years. Absolutely. We're dysregulated so chemically too. From yeah, how yeah, much, absolutely. Uh, what's the... Stimulants, oh, everything we're doing, right? Stimulants so, and, and the weed killer. Come on, brain. What's the... Glyphosate. Thank no. you. <laughs> We're all swimming in that <laughs> and microplastic. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, no. So the question is, is how do we navigate daily life? That's that's really what following energy is about. Yeah. Is it's meant to be a practice to support individuals in learning how to navigate their daily lives while feeling connected with themselves, while feeling more connected with what's showing up while, you know, being of service as a parent or to your work yeah. or to leadership and to still feel more balanced inside. Because frankly, when we're in that spinning, caffeinated, as much as I like coffee, you know, spinning, <laughs> caffeinated space, right? And which is very mental and mm -hmm. not dropping down into our hearts or let's say our bellies, then we're not necessarily making the wisest decisions. Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily being the most empathic or kind, right? Or compassionate. So therefore, if we're trying to create a better world for ourselves and our families and our friends and our loved ones, if we can actually learn how to regulate ourselves quickly through just breathing, just remembering to breathe and slow ourselves down for a moment, then I hope it contributes to a kinder way for 
for no, each person and therefore the world, right? So, to. you know, I, I, as much as I support things like meditation and, you know, going away on retreats, I'm really about making energy healing practical. Yeah. You know, that, that actually there's this thing called energy that lives inside all of us. And if we can begin to learn how to pay attention to it, it can actually come alive and talk to us and guide us and show us and actually expand um, conversations that we have with ourselves and with daily life and each other. And if we can actually start to pay attention to energy, that it, that it has the potential to bring us somewhere that maybe our little minds and egos haven't figured out yet. Hmm. And it could be a much better place. So I really believe in offering up following energy as something practical that also can be life-changing. I, there's nothing I can say in response to that. That's awesome. Um, I'm watching our time tick and people know I say that about 20 minutes. Uh, I, I'm torn. I want to ask, I have two things I want to ask. They're completely, well, they're related, but they're different. One of them is the idea of at some point on your journey, because like I, I listened to it enough that like, okay, start in college and then you become, you discover these things, you're moving along and all of a sudden one day you'll be like, hey, these are my words, not Stacy's. You look behind you and there are people who are like asking you questions or showing up at your doorstep. Um, so there's a transition that one goes through or, or one might resist and then eventually be shoved through to become a teacher. But I'm not a big fan of the word teacher because that's like the one-way thing. And there are cases where there's definitely teaching but there's also this like, hey, how about if I help? I'm the person who organized the meeting, you know, and that doesn't really make me the teacher. Uh, so I'm curious about that transition. Um, and then the other thing is we haven't really dug into um, maybe what relationships have blossomed for you since you've started podcasting. <laughs> That's another completely different thing that we could talk about. But maybe, maybe I'm curious most about the teacher, but that's the wrong word, the holder of space, the practicing being a change maker and a leader, maybe. Um, I don't like, I'm not crazy about the word teacher either, just because the way I've been taught, because my teachers who I sat with in the beginning, 25 years ago, they sat with people from, you know, original places, indigenous folks. Okay. Those are my teachers, teachers. And there's an element of you know, learning how to be humble, right? And yeah. learning Isn't how to- it funny how we're comfortable talking about our teachers, but that means that the people behind us should do the same thing, right? So it's like, it's, I feel like it's a prerequisite. If you're not uncomfortable saying teacher, then you haven't quite- Well, but it's, what I would say is it's something I've learned how to relax <laughs> into and that I never set out to be, frankly, a leader or a teacher. Mm. I simply felt called to be of service to- um, to the to to the people that were showing up across from me who were n needing a lot of support and not getting answers through traditional psychotherapy for their anxiety or their relationship issues. Yeah, their, um, or their household or their family. Or their, right? Yeah, they weren't getting those answers and they needed another way. And so I, I frankly showed up from a place of love, service, mm. you know, healthy love, boundary love, but love wanting to get behind their healing and not assuming to know what that means. Because when you, when you follow energy, you have to let go of everything you think you know and be teachable, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I didn't set out to be a teacher or a leader. I simply showed up to be of service and started to track things and notice things and then name things. And then it just so happens that, I, that people start to ask me 
to, to, to not just hold spaces for individuals, but to start to hold groups. And then I started to just kind of put things out there. And then I, and then I discovered that I was also good at organizing, also good at back end coordinating that I happen to just be, you know, for anybody who knows astrology, I'm a Virgo rising, I'm detail oriented. And so I could do the back end stuff and I'm also a writer. So all of those things started coming together so that I could help create the group or the weekend or the series to offer people an opportunity to come forward and gather. And then, yeah, somebody needed to show up and facilitate. So I mm-hmm. actually definitely am a group seasoned facilitator and I hold a place for teachings to come through. And I am certainly relaxed in my authority at this point of deep relationship with that material, right? And so, yeah, there is an element of teaching that will come through me, but it's not, to me, it's, it's a, you know, I always do my best to give credit to my teachers, to give credit to whatever is coming through, to the energy that is showing up and name that. And I, I certainly, people, people call me teacher for sure. And it's more about how can I be of service to folks through holding these points of leader, leadership and change making um, and teaching. And that's also why, you know, there's the shift into following energy as well. And, you know, from the podcast to kind of come full circle, I've been having a convergence more and more in my life of after holding space for the folks who need to turn dead ends into doorways in their lives. I have a whole private practice with clients and couples, and I still have that. And what's happened organically over the last 10 years is I've started to find myself holding space for leaders and change makers to get behind them with Mm. how they are out in the world. And the reason why I'm jazzed about that and a big yes for that is because it offers an opportunity to support the leaders and change makers in feeling more peaceful and balanced and in their zone of genius inside of themselves so that they can go out, yeah, to go out and affect more change. So the practical person in me really like supporting those folks because we are in an all, you know, hands on, all hands on deck deck right now for collective transformation, in my opinion. And I want to get behind as many, you know, leaders and change makers in, in feeling whole, not having to sacrifice themselves in order to make a contribution as possible. Hmm. Yikes. There's a bunch in there to unpack. Um, Not least of which is the point about, the only thing that's ever going to change the world is, you know, impassioned individuals who care <laughs> one by one leading um, and having the smarts or having the foresight to be like, you know, sometimes I go, I'm not really sure what to do about that big problem. But I think that if I make the world a better place, so people have more time or more, you know, do something else, then that frees somebody else to work on some other problem that's closer to the problem that I have no clue how to attack, um, you know, whatever specifics one wants to fill in. So, because the, the opposite of that is if you haven't realized <clears throat> that you kind of need to work at that force multiplier thing, the opposite is just that increasing pitch, frenzied panic. I have to do everything and the only way I'm going to get it all done is and then it's just like, that doesn't work well. <laughs> that ends badly. All right. Um, well, that's why I actually love following energy as well is because it's, it's all about following things step by step by step. Okay. And it's not that you don't have a big vision. So with the way I teach people to follow energy is, is we come up with an intention and an intention isn't just about like some, some will based manifestation that you want. It's actually a conversation that you want to have with yourself in daily life. 
And so I invite people to come up with a one word intention that they want to live into. Like I have an intention that I work with every year, you know, a different one every year. Mm. This year is connection. And through learning how to get behind that intention and learning how to see what that intention is going to teach us, we learn how to follow energy step by step by step. So you're holding a larger vision of something, but the practice of it comes through each moment in our lives. And it becomes a great way to learn how to not get so far ahead of everything, which is what happens with a spinning mind, what happens Mm -hmm. with um, getting stuck in control or fear is it takes us ahead of everything. And often we end up stuck or overwhelmed. So it's just not really productive. To me, control is not resilient. So if we realize control is an illusion and it's time to let that go and we start off with listening to our hearts and paying attention to what we need to or what we want to learn through working with an intention and then we just make the best choice we can in each moment, after a while, those steps add up and they do something. And they show us things that oftentimes I never could have predicted you know, had I relied on my to-do list as much as I like a to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stacey, um, that was everything I hoped it would be. I hate to, I always always hate to stop, but need to stop somewhere. And I think that's a good place to stop. We say stop when it's awesome. That way you don't have any bad endings. Um, So thank you so much for uh, taking the time to jump in sort of like, I don't know, this guy on a pre-call and then for hanging out some more while we were recording. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate your curiosity. I really appreciate how you like to, I feel like we've been following the energy together by just being willing to roam around. So thank you for inviting me on that journey with you today. And I also just want to give a shout out again that if anybody wants to be in touch, um, I can be reached at www.dancing-tree.com. And that there, if you sign up to get on my newsletter, there is a free mini course called um, How to Start Following Energy. But I also just love email because I enjoy connecting. So and I, I have imagined that if, you know, given who you are and wh- who I'm learning you are, that the people you walk with must be super awesome. And I welcome all contact. So thank you for that. And thank you for inviting me.